Welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast with your host, Masters in Exercise Science and Minor in Reality, William Mitchell. Hello and welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast. I'm your host, William Mitchell. Last week, we looked at one of my favorite pastimes, napping, and whether naps were actually good for you, and if naps are good for you, when is the best time to take a nap, and how long of a nap should you take? And so if that interests you, you should probably listen to last week's podcast. This week, we're going to look at something that's just a little less fun. It's in spite of all of our best efforts to stay healthy, at some point we're going to need some type of medical attention. And depending on the severity of it, uh, we're going to look at what symptoms you should not ignore and how you should go about getting the right medical attention and when you should probably just self-treat. And the two things I'm really going to be looking at today are heart attacks and strokes, the symptoms of those, and what you should do about them. The quicker you get some type of help, the better your chance of survival. If there's any thought you might be having a heart attack or a stroke, go ahead and contact 911. And this is especially if you live alone or if you happen to be by yourself. Now, it may be a false alarm. However, usually the 911 dispatcher is going to start asking you questions and they might be able to triage it and find out more of what's going on. But you need to go ahead and contact the 911 operator if you think you might be having a heart attack or a stroke. And while I'm talking about this, I I had for years been under the impression of, well, it takes the ambulance a long time to get here, and I'm not that far from a hospital. I should just go, or I should call um, call my brother or call my friend or whatever and and get them to take me. That is a really horrible idea, and I know most of us don't like the thought of the ambulance showing up in front of our house and all the neighbors going, what's wrong, and and all the things that go on with that, but there's several really good reasons to call 911 and let them transport you instead of you trying to take it yourself. Number one is they can get there much faster, and the other thing is they're in contact with all the local hospitals, and they know... uh, one hospital has a backup and it's about the same ETA to both hospitals so because that hospital is really log jammed in their emergency room right now they can take you to the other hospital whereas you have absolutely no idea until you get there they can be talking with the doctors at the hospital so they're ready for you when you get there they will get you in quicker Um, whenever you get to an emergency room they take you based on how serious your injury is not just you got there first. So they know how serious your injury is because the people in the ambulance have already told them how serious your injury is and they're ready to get you into there for help. And chances are above average that your car does not have uh, the ability to take an EKG. It doesn't have the AED. It doesn't have any of this medical equipment in it. You know, if you're having a heart attack, being able to get... uh, they get medical treatment they've got all kinds of medicines they've got all kinds of treatment and they have medical training Um, generally the person you would call to help you um, they know how to drive but they don't have medical training should you get worse so all in all it's a terrific idea to go ahead and call 911 so that they can get there and they can get treatment started another thing when you call 911 first thing you need to be able to do is give them your location because if you're not calling from a home phone uh, if you're calling from a cell phone which most of us will be the location doesn't immediately pop up 
and they're depending on your carrier and depending on the area as to how accurate of a location they're going to get from your cell phone carrier and that's what the first thing you want to do is get your location to them so if your medical condition starts to get worse to make it difficult for you to communicate you've already let them know where you are and they will have some idea as to what they're responding to just parenthetically i want to do some irony i had to just stop and edit out the sound of an ambulance going by well let's start with heart attack this year about 650,000 people are going to have a first heart attack. And everybody knows the symptoms of a heart attack are you know, pain down your arm, tightness in the chest, sweating. You know, th those are your symptoms of a heart attack. However, those are mainly the symptoms of a heart attack in men. Quite often, women uh, experience the heart attack symptoms very differently. Uh, in one of my CPR classes, I was told that most women who have a heart attack had just scheduled a dentist appointment, and that has nothing to do with dentists. They thought they had a toothache because they had pain radiating down their jaw, and they thought it was a toothache, and instead it was a heart attack. So if you've got any kind of uh, head or neck pain, fatigue, nausea, indigestion, um, sweating, all of these things can be a heart attack symptom as well as the classic heart attack symptoms. So if you start experiencing more than one or two of these, you need to go ahead and get checked out. Now, a lot of people say, well, I thought it was just gas. There's a couple of quick tests you can do to see if it's just gas. If you change your position and the pain changes position and you can feel it moving around, uh, that may or may not be a heart attack, uh, especially if you've got some good bubble gut noises going on. Um, if you can pass gas in some way or another and it improves the symptoms, all of those indicate that it could just be indigestion. However, if it persists, um, most doctors I know say they would much rather someone come in and they have to tell them it's just gas than not come in and be having a heart attack. Now, stroke is even more difficult, and this year about 610,000 people are going to have a first-time stroke. And the big problem with stroke is it depends on what part of your brain it affects as to what the symptoms of it are going to be. If it affects the thinking part of the brain or the memory part of the brain, you get very confused. If it affects the motor part of the brain, you have difficulty moving. Um, there, There's different parts it can affect, and especially if it affects the part that makes you think and make rational decisions, if you happen to be by yourself, that's going to make contacting 911 a little bit more difficult because you're having difficulty thinking and making rational decisions. So if you, once again, if you really suspect you might be having an issue, go ahead and call. Um, that way, if you uh, do get worse and have much more difficulty with it, they can send somebody to check on you. But um, if you're walking through your house and you start tripping repeatedly for no good reason, um, in that case, it would be a motor issue. Um, take both arms and try to raise them up evenly in front of you and see if one arm comes up higher than the other or one works better than the other. Do the fingertip touching test where you touch your first finger, second finger, third finger, little finger to your thumb and see if the coordination's about the same on both sides. If you're with someone and you suspect they might be having a stroke, start asking them questions, um, simple things like, you know, what's their address? What year is it? Who's the president? Things they should know the answer to. And if they're really confused, um, go ahead and work on getting them help. 
um, a lot of people think that you do all the different um, tests, you know, like, do you have equal amount of strength in both sides? Are both sides functioning well? And if they pass one of them, they're not having a stroke. No, it depends on what part of your brain is going on. If you fail one of them, that's whenever you check for a stroke. Or, I mean, you contact medical help to see if they are having a stroke. If you notice that, like, one side of their face is drooping, have them close one eye and see if they see as well out of one eye as the other. Now, if they already have really bad vision problems, that's that may or may not work. But if they've got normal vision, um, have them see if there's been a great change in their vision. An extreme headache is another symptom of a stroke, a sudden extreme headache. Now, another thing is sometimes people will fail the, the stroke symptom test, and before you call 911, they're back to fine. Those are often called mini strokes. They still, You still need to get medical attention even though the person feels fine. They need to be checked out simply because if it happened once, it may happen again and they can treat these. Although you really don't have to call 911 for that when you need to ch get checked out by a medical professional. So the takeaway here is if you think there is a possibility you could be having a heart attack or a stroke, if any of these symptoms have presented themselves and persisted for a tiny little bit of time, immediately contact 911. Get help on the way. Get yourself checked out because the quicker you can get any kind of help, the greater your chances of survival and the greater chances that we can get back to making your fitness just a little bit funner. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If I've said anything that you thought was enjoyable or worth sharing, Please refer this to a friend so that they can have more fun in their fitness journey. Also, please remember to subscribe and like the podcast. As always, I'd like to thank One Accord for the bumper music and Paul Sink for the great intro work. And I hope you'll join us next week as we try to make fitness funner.